Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. It's an actual episode. House of L actual. That's when I do my thing. The strange thing is, though, yes, it's a House of L actual episode. It's one of my episodes, along with the other podcasts we do. More Than a White Man's Game with Maddie Lee. Sports Jason podcast, and whatever it is that we're doing with Roki, Ranji, and Tony. Here's the deal about this episode. This episode is, Kat Garcia came on the, uh, on the podcast last year. We did an episode about her getting a World Series ring because she used to work for the Cubs, and she used to do security and stuff at Wrigley Field. So she's got a World Series ring. You should go back and look. For that episode it was last summer and she's got stories like along with being someone who worked for the Cubs and she also writes baseball she's literally the baseball girl on Twitter that's where you can follow her so she's got stories for days and occasionally I say to her hey do you want to be on the podcast and tell a story and she's like okay And then we sit around and we talk about baseball and stuff. She wrote a piece about interviewing Jack White. You know, from the White Stripes and Recontours. Wait, am I saying that right? And and Jack White. And being Jack White. This wasn't an ordinary interview. This was an interview with Jack White about baseball. Everyone's seen the picture of Jack White looking crazy at the Cubs game. He's a huge baseball fan. So Cat got him on the record talking about baseball. And so initially, initially the idea for the episode was this would be another one of those Cat Garcia tells a baseball story episodes. And then a funny thing happened. She found the audio and sent it to me. That I had my nephew Justin, who's a music producer, remaster it so that it sounds better than just like a handheld iPhone interviewing Jack White. And you're going to hear it. This is the only place that you're ever going to hear this interview. It's pretty awesome. The House of L actual has an exclusive. 
So here's the plan for the episode. By the way, we are brought to you by my good friend David Hochberg. Are you thinking about buying a new home or refinancing your home? You need to call David Hochberg over at Homeside Financial. You should check out his website. Because it gives you everything you need to know. Homeside Financial is where you can find him. 56david.com is the website that you can check out. And you can see he has helped me a ton. And I think that he can help you too. And basically the rules of this podcast are we don't have advertisers that we don't actually use. That's one of the tenets of this, this podcast. So call David, 855-56-DAVID, or visit 56david.com. He helped me get into the new spot, and he can help you too. Homeside Financial and Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 1124061. So here's the plan. You're going to hear Kat and I talk about Jack White. And then you're going to hear Jack White talk about baseball. I love this. I love that I can lend the platform to Kat. I love that I love that she's got courage. She's brave. And you'll hear how she ends up getting the interview with Jack White. And it's a good interview, too. Really, really good. And you're going to hear Jack White in a way that you've never heard him before. Shout out to Kat Garcia for the beginning of season four on the House of L podcast. This is us talking about, and you will hear from Jack White. Okay, so look, I have become accustomed to having fun cat stories on the podcast, and I saw you write the piece about Jack White. So I, I got to know, I, I got to know, talk to me, tell me about the, you and Jack White. Yeah. I mean, it was really like a shot in the dark. Obviously when you're writing a feature story or any story, you reach out to everyone, even if you don't think you're going to get a response, you know? So I dug up Jack's, um, like personal assistant guy, because he doesn't carry a cell phone. You can only reach him through email. So you kind of have to go through his assistant Lalo to get him. So I sent Lalo an email and I was like, whatever. He emailed me back the next day and was like, yeah, do you want to do it when he's at the Aragon on the phone or in person? And I was like, okay. Uh, Uh, And I was like, well, I'm actually going to that show at the Aragon. So I could just come a couple hours early, like, and it worked out. So, so the rumors about Jack White loving baseball the way that he does, are they well-founded? Yes, they're definitely very true. Uh, he could hold up to speed on pretty much any conversation that I feel like we have. I don't know if he's too much into like the stats kind of stuff, but I mean, he definitely knows what he's talking about. And he really loves the game. You can tell he's one of one of us. <laughs> So so he's he's not messing around. Like he he gets it. He could probably tell you who's good. Maybe he's not out here talking about OPSs of players, but he definitely knows what he's looking at. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he doesn't spend a, a ton of time watching games because, you know, he said he's on the road and it's really it's difficult when he's on the road. But over the last several years, he has been watching Tigers games more. 
Um, and yeah, he, he used that word meditative. It's very meditative watching a whole baseball game. Does he have an idea of the impact of him going to baseball games and how cool people think it is that he goes to baseball games? I don't, I don't think he really does. You know, I think he just thinks like I'm another, I'm another fan there. I'm just another person here to watch a ball game, you know? Huh? That's pretty crazy. Okay. So now I got to know, walk me through, like once you get the information and you get the green light to go ahead and do this, like, what are you feeling like? I mean, I was pretty excited, but like, I, I don't know. I do really well in situations like that. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you must be so nervous. Cause like, I'm a huge Jack White fan. Like that is my dude, me and my friend, like that's our thing. And they're like, oh, you're gonna like freak out, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, it's totally fine. And it really was, I wasn't, I didn't feel like, oh my God, I'm staring at Jack White and talking to him about baseball. Like it was just having a conversation with someone for, for the purpose of work. Would it have would it have been more of an issue if you didn't know that you were going to talk baseball with him? Like, let's say that this is a chance encounter where you bump into Jack White at a bar, or would you have been more starstruck then? Yeah, I think so because I think it was easier with him coming into this. Like he knew that I wasn't just some fan here to ask him about music for, you know, the 7 billionth time. And I think that's why he agreed to the interview probably more quickly than he would have with someone else is because it was about baseball and it was about war stick. It wasn't about music. We didn't talk about music at all. Um, so I think that we came in with sort of a, he didn't just look at me as like, Oh, who's this person trying to talk to me about baseball, you know? So what did you take away from it? Like, wh what did you think was important to know from what what he had to say about the game? Just that it's it's nice to see that, you know, like you said, when he goes to games or when you see celebrities at games, sometimes it's just, you know, something to do, a place to hang out, which is true of a lot of fans. But when he goes, he really, really understands this this passion that that fans have. And I think that he also is just really, really involved in Warstick and he really wants to work with them as a company to, you know, I mean, if you read the article, he's working with these charities that um, him and Ben came up with and he's just very invested. You know, he, he does these Sandlot games and he really loves them. Like he mentioned in uh, when I was talking to him that he was so excited to play. Like, I kind of wish that I could release the audio, but it's a little like weird because just the way that he sounds like the excitement in his voice, you could tell that he's not just like saying this, but he really, really is in his head about how much he really likes the sport, playing the sport, you know, his roots, all that kind of stuff. If you want, you could send me the audio and I can mess with it. I mean, yeah, I've kind of been thinking because it would be it. I feel like in print, it loses a lot because, I mean, he was very lively in that conversation, which I did not expect either. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's not a thing that you, you associate with Jack White. Like, it's not like, right. like excitement is not a thing that you associate with him. Like, we know how he makes us feel when it comes to listening to his music. But yeah, it, it's he seems to always be rather chill. So 
to hear a, an animated Jack White talk about baseball would be dope. Yeah, um, it was. It really was. It was a great experience. Yeah, send it to me. I can master it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's that... like twelve minutes, so it's not even that like long. It's just that I didn't. I mean, obviously, I didn't think anyone else was going to be listening to it, so it's just done a little more casually, you know. Yeah, that's totally fine. Like I can, we. Can, I mean, honestly, like, whether you want me to put it out or you could put it out, it's up to you. Like I can, I can play with it and attach it to this if you want. But what yeah. but I can definitely like master it for you so you have it and it sounds better. Yeah, I think I gotta think about that. I don't know if I am ready for that to come out like right now with this. Not <laughs> like, a problem. But but yeah, I mean I have been thinking about that, how just it captures so much more when you hear him, you know. Let's talk about you and, and Jack's music. What is it that draws you to Jack White? I mean, he just, he's very unique and diverse and he's stood the test of time in rock music for so long. And he's very, um, he has a signature sound, which is what I love. You know, you could listen to a guitar riff in a song or even just a vocal and be like, that's Jack White. You know, he has that. And it wasn't just with the white stripes. You can tell, I mean, Meg was very, the band was most hands and so Meg and him definitely collaborated really well but he didn't need Meg to continue to be successful in music and that's what he's really shown in his solo career and I think that you know just his accolades and his resume speak for themselves you know I mean I love all of his music I don't know if you know this because I'm a big a Tribe Called Quest fan yeah the last album that they did he's on one of the tracks yes I did know that and he's he's been on several like Tracks that you wouldn't expect him to be on. Like, I remember when he did that one song with Beyonce. Yeah. And like, it sounds great. And he doesn't compromise his sound. He collaborates with that person and somehow it comes out like so great, you know? It seems to me when I listen to him play that he draws from so many different places that you yes. can tell that he clearly has an appreciation and love for music that. It goes beyond genre, and he's able to kind of jump in and jump out of these different genres because of that. Exactly. I mean, if you listen to that song, I'm Shaken, that's a cover. That's a cover of a very old song that I heard on the radio a couple months ago, and I knew it was a cover, but when I heard the original, I was like, this is crazy that like he could do that and make it sound like his own, you know? For sure. So this is, are there, in reading the piece and, and getting ready to talk to you, I thought about, like, with the gig that you had, with both gigs that you had, you had the opportunity to interact with a lot of famous people. And I'm wondering, is there anyone that you wish you could have gotten some moments like this to just talk baseball with? Or maybe, or maybe there are people that you did talk baseball with, but it wasn't for a piece. You mean people that aren't involved in baseball? Yeah. Like a musician or something? Yeah, a musician, an actor, or whomever, comedian. You know, honestly, I think that this was kind of the big enchilada for me, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, because it's rare to find people 
that you're a fan of that are also a fan of this other part of your life in the same way that you are. You know what I mean? Like that was the the key with him where I was like, he's an awesome, talented, incredible person whom I've been a fan of forever. And he's not just a like, yeah, I go to a couple games and I own a tiger shirt. Like, you know, we could like talk. So I think, yeah, I think that was it. That was the one. Yeah. Th- that was the, the most perfect encounter for It almost feels cosmic in a way. Yeah. That's what a lot of my friends and stuff were saying. And I was like, I don't know how this happened because like, he doesn't sit down with anybody like ever. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you got him, like, right in a, uh, in a place that I would imagine that Jack White wants to really talk baseball with people. But, of course, because he's a genius, people want to talk about his genius. And he's probably tired of talking about his genius. Exactly. That's why I think he was so eager and so fresh and insightful in this conversation is because, you know, was able to get it so easily is because this is not a topic that he gets a lot of media requests for or probably just talks about in general with people you know I mean the music baseball community overlaps but only so much you know I mean it's not like you're finding a ton of people that share both those interests in such a deep way no you're right like there are people that are like oh yeah I'm I'm a fan of the Dodgers I go to a couple of games a year but you know right. they're they're there and they're watching the playoff games, like they're yeah. they're they're not watching a a mid season game against the Cubs, for example. Um, and I mean, let's be honest, the Tigers have not been very good for the last several years. So for him to say that he picked up watching baseball again several years ago, I'm thinking, I mean, that Tigers team was not exactly super fun to watch, right? And you know, the last several years. And they're not super fun to watch now. Like, they're terrible. Yeah. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, though, like, that's enough to make you watch the game because he's he's so – even now, like, you know, it's it's a diminished skills guy that you're looking at now. It's not the same guy, like, when he got there. But he still has these at-bats. I was talking with Steve Stone about this, and and Stoney was talking about pitch sequencing and what happens, why you shouldn't throw your best pitch – early in a game to get someone out. And, and he's saying the good hitters know, and the good hitters will allow you to throw and strike out on that pitch in their first at bat. But that second and third at bat, they're yeah. waiting for it. And the image that popped into my mind was Miguel Cabrera. I was just sitting there going, yes, that's something that he would do, where he sets you up, and you think, oh, I totally got him on this, this pitch that's on the outside edge. And then he sees you the second time and he drives that ball out of the ballpark to right field. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a game of more cerebral person in the situation, you know? Did you ever think that you would be able to marry your love of music and your love of baseball? No, because like I said, I mean, it's very, it'll the sport overlaps with music to a certain extent but you know hitting like a target like that like like jack white and not just some local musician or some backup guitarist or something like that hitting like the big one and you know 
being able to have that in-depth conversation, I really didn't think that that was, I'm sure a lot of people didn't think that that was something that they could marry in that way, you know? Well, this is cool. I appreciate you telling me the story and sharing the story because I'm a big fan of his too. And I think he's tremendous. And I love when, like, I feel like he's one of those dudes where he legit loves the game and it kind of comes through. Because he's not going to games with a lot of fanfare. He's not asking to sing the seventh inning stretch. Like, none of that stuff. He's just kind of around. Everyone's like, holy shit, that's Jack White. Like, he's over there watching baseball. And so, for you to be able to sit down with him, it 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 continues my cat is, like, the coolest person thing that, that I got going on in my head uh, that, that you had a chance to do something like this. Yeah, and I mean – Obviously, this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for his involvement in Warstick, but um, just that, too, shows the depth of his uh, passion for the sport and his passion of wanting to bring sporting equipment and make these ball fields. And, like, he did restore the that ball field in Detroit. Um, that's something he did because my best friend's from Detroit. So she would like tell me a lot of this stuff that was happening behind the scenes. Like I know it didn't get a lot of publicity when Jack bought the Masonic temple to save it from being closed. Um, so he does a lot of things behind the scenes like that. And the, the ball field in Detroit was one of those things. Um, so, I mean, he's just really dedicated in his free time. I feel like that's kind of his thing, you know, I'm pretty passionate about that too. Like a couple years ago, we kind of did like a, an equipment exchange from the haves to the have nots where you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling current the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. A lot of these teams that are out in the suburbs, they've got extra equipment just lying around. That's I'm never sure done. they do. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the kids in the city... There, there are a lot of little leagues and, and Babe Ruth leagues that don't have enough equipment to help field a team. So I I feel that. Like, I feel what Warstick is trying to do, like, in my heart. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's very similar yeah. to, to the way that I feel about trying to give access to the game. And with the way it's going now with you sports in particular, there's this, this like, arms race where – you have to play travel ball. I was just, I'm literally in the middle of reading a story in Esquire about two dads that were warring inside of a little league. And they were talking about how it was like $2,800 for kids to join these teams. And I'm like, how in the world are parents supposed to afford this? And, and to basically turn their summers over to, we're going to drive around the country and play baseball. Oh God. Yeah. I remember when Lewis Black did like a sketch about that, where he's like, you work Monday through Friday, then you load your kids in the car to go to like shithole wherever. 
And then you come home on Sunday and you go back to work. He's like, that's insane. Like, not to mention, I mean, I don't know, maybe we're both just older, but to me, I want to have fun when I'm on summer break. Like, I don't want to be tied to another obligation that's of that level. Like playing ball. Yeah, that sounds fun. But dedicating like pretty much a whole summer to travel ball and all that. I mean, when do you get time for for yourself, these kids, you know? And I keep hearing from athletes who say it's not good that you're specializing at 12, 13. You probably hear the same. Yes, you're supposed to integrate different sports because it works out different muscles of your body while you're developing. And that's why when we're seeing these pitchers and stuff who are, you know, focusing only on being on the mound and, you know, throwing curveballs at young ages, that's why we're seeing these issues. It's important for your body growth and your structure as a child to, you know, immerse yourself in these different sports. And also, I mean, not to sound cliche, but you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket, you know? Right. I mean, baseball is, is very hard. It's getting harder to get into. Um, it's just, you know, that's not a good thing. You know, I mean, we saw like with Tim Anderson, he used to play basketball, you know, now he's a baseball player. There are options there for him, you know, 100%. Well, Kat, thanks for this. I appreciate the time. Uh, you're, you're always great. I love when we, I don't think we visit enough. And now that the pandemic is over, I, I'm, I'm going to make a plan to, for us to hang out and watch some ball. Yeah, definitely. It's still like I'm getting used to the fact that we can do stuff, you know? It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's wild. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about going, like as we're recording this, I'm thinking about traveling up to Detroit to go watch the White Sox play the Tigers because I've, I've been to the ballpark. I've not seen a game there same i've been to the ballpark but i also have not seen a game there so so i'm thinking about over the fourth of july weekend maybe just taking the drive and who knows maybe i'll run into jack <laughs> like yeah, yeah right that, you never know no you never know he'll probably just be sitting there with a hat on chilling thinking about yeah. it um but thank you for this and and i i, I truly appreciate it yeah thanks for having me anytime So let me tell you what ends up happening after I talk with Kat about this interview that she did with Jack White. I said to her inside the interview, listen, I can probably remaster the interview so that it's audible. And, you know, there's a difference between the recording of something where you're just trying to write it down versus what you would put out on a pod or a broadcast. And I told Kat, like, I I can totally just remaster it and send it back to you if you want. And then, you know, she could do whatever she wanted with it. She hit me up a couple days later and said, why don't you put it out? And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, since we were talking about it, why don't you put the interview out? And I said, no problem. So I'm paying Kat. For her content, which I think is really, really key. And I think it's something that you will enjoy because obviously Jack White is an amazing musician. But the fact that he's also a pretty ardent baseball fan and wants to share the game, I think is really, really wonderful. So without further ado, here is Kat Garcia's conversation 
with an excited Jack White about baseball right here on House of L. First of all, how did you discover War Stick? What was the, when was the first time you heard? First time I about saw it was uh, that Shinola was selling baseball bats in the Detroit store. And, okay. uh, um, and I look up that company and I thought it was a cool design. I look up that company and saw that they had, you know, tons of different colors and designs that I hadn't seen before in sporting goods or whatever. So I thought, oh, that's really interesting. I gotta keep, keep an eye on these guys. And then um, a designer at Third Man Records, label I own, uh, came up to me with an idea of having a third man baseball bat because we had sold these third man wiffle bats. Uh, and uh, people thought they, they liked them for some reason. It was just a novelty thing. So someone was, I thought about this. Hey, I found this company that wore stick that we could do baseball bats with. I said, oh, that's a cool idea, but we can't do it because Shinola's doing it. And they share a building with us in Detroit. Right, right. We yeah. own a building together. And um, so uh, I was like, well, it's a cool idea, but I don't want to steal their idea from them. Um, so... That was the last I thought of it for a while. And then I got a call from him, uh, Ben Jenkins, ben, who yeah. owns Worstick, and he had talked to Ian Kinsler. And Kinsler, uh, he's, I don't know how my name came up. You have to ask him. But Kinsler said, oh, I've, I've met Jack a couple of times. He's come to some Tiger games. And, and um, he said, maybe you, should, maybe you should talk to him. So they came down and had a meeting in Nashville. Yeah, I'm planning on talking to Ian also so yeah. I can get a little bit more on how he got you involved in sure, that. Yeah, when yeah. I speak to him, I'm actually going to Dallas to meet Ben and see the, oh, great, the pop-up great, show, great, showroom next great, week. Yeah. Um, the other well, thing too bad I'm, you can't come to Nashville tomorrow because we're playing we're playing this game tomorrow. So we were at the... You're playing a game tomorrow? We're playing a Worcester Sandlot oh game tomorrow in Nashville. God. Yeah, and we're playing against the Nashville All-Star that. team. Oh. And then you And then we have... Um, uh, hopefully, Kinsler's going to be able to play. He's coming to the because I'm playing my, my last shows in Nashville tomorrow night. Right, right, yeah. So, so you're playing during the day, obviously. Yeah, play during the yeah. day, and then um, you're gonna be tired. It's gonna be nice, yeah. But you know, I've, every time I've done it, I've had a great show. So hopefully, it stays that way. But we we got to do batting practice for the game at Wrigley today. I don't know if Lala told oh you. Oh my God, are you? Yeah, I worked at Wrigley for four years. Really? Yeah. No and way. when you were uh, there this summer, I didn't work there anymore, and uh, everyone was texting me. They were like, <laughs> "Guess who's here?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm oh, I'm shit. not." So, um, how yeah. did you kind of get involved in the business aspect of Warstick? Did they approach you? Did you say that, "Hey, I want a stake in this"? Or Ben how did Jenkins? That... Ben Jenkins uh, pr- proposed the idea. We because our first chat we had, we both seem to really love a lot of the sim- similar things about design. I mean, that, that's the angle I came in from was the design angle. I figured, yeah. And yeah. Um, I just like thought it was interesting that because it's a tool, it's still a, a, a utilitarian like tool, this this piece of wood. And that, that, that was inspiring to me the same way as a vinyl record is inspiring to me because it's an actual mechanical, physical object. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, which, you know, in, a, in an era where everything is sort of disposable and digital that I, I, I just attracted to more romantic things like that. So that's where we hit it off on the design front, and then he just sort of proposed, what about you and Ian coming in as co-owners? I thought, oh, that would be a really amazing thing to be a part of, because he, you know, he, he didn't want to do any of these regular uh, sport things, you know. Yeah, he was so. telling me he's, like, thinking about expanding into lacrosse and things yeah. like that later on when the, uh, the Deep Ellum showroom opens yeah, um, yeah hopefully that, i can get down there for that because yeah, i really am going to want to see that that's our um, that's our uh, that's our next big uh, project I that's bought, supposed to be in I, april right yeah i bought the okay. building in dallas and uh that's my favorite neighborhood i love dallas. that neighborhood yeah. oh my god it's amazing that's going to be so so it's got cool a strong music history too that's and what really, i was uh, saying to him yeah, yeah. so yeah. it was uh, uh, uh 
you know, I love the building too. It's going to be a beautiful place. Can't wait to get it going. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it. Yeah. So, what what do you think is your main role in the company? Is it design? Is it more the promotion? I know Ian says that he contributes a lot of the the baseball questions that you the two of you may have. But what would you say your specific role in the company is? Sort of, uh, it's sort of ambiguous, which is the way I, I kind of like it. You know, like uh, same way with Third Man Records. You know, we do live shows and we put out poetry books through Third Man Books and we. We do oh, live yeah. acetate recordings, and we release com- comedy records and in, in, in spoken word pieces. And so, I mean, uh, these are all group creations. You, you, you know, not, nothing's created alone. You know, like uh, films are made with hundreds of people involved. And right, it's right. the same thing. It's like a, a roundtable sort of thing. To, you know, that every, everything that's involved in the company, we just sort of talk about and discuss what it, what, how it makes sense. What can we do? Something that's that's not hasn't been done before. What charitable ideas can we relate to? We have a, a strong Native American uh, um, passion between uh, Jenkins and I, uh, getting those things involved. I really want to build baseball fields in, re- uh, in Indian reservations Right, in the that future. was something that I yeah. wanted to ask you about. Was that something that was already a part of the company, that charity, or did you guys it was kind of not. We just started that, that together? just started that, and that came from one, our very first conversation, because I had built a baseball field in Detroit, where I'm from. Right, yes. And uh, so I told him I wanted to do the same thing in uh, Indian reservations. He was talking to myself, that would be great to, to bring more baseball fields and equipment to those communities. Um, if we could do that in the future. So was it you who kind of brought that idea to the table? Or so was it a group? both of us together, yeah. yeah I can't remember kinda. specifically. I don't want to say I, it was my idea. But, <laughs> my yeah, idea. I, 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 but definitely me and Ben were on the same page with that. That's, that's for sure. That's, so that that's one, awesome. the game we just had in Tulsa where... I was given a ceremonial blanket by Cherokee Nation and yeah, the elders saw that were video. there. Yeah, that's... That was an incredible day. It was just wonderful. Yeah, definitely. So, that's that's very indicative of what War Six really about all in all aspects. You know, that's the a, thing. It's a the... sandlot game, a barnstorming kind of game. Right. Tulsa, a town I really care about. You know, uh, different cultures mi- mixing together. A lot of things involved. There's you know, DJs playing. We played down in, uh, you know, Alabama. Uh, right, and right. And it was a, a live band playing at the baseball game and between between yeah. innings. It's just... Yeah, it's crazy. interesting how you, yeah. the three of you, bring such different qualities, and I think mm. that's what makes Warstick so fascinating. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it is really breaking the mold of this traditional, like, you know, yeah. the, the Louisville Sluggers. Sure, and like you said, yeah. the, the kind of boring designs. You want something that's your own, and I think that you guys are really doing a well, good job Well, I want to get that. to the point where you can see people, you can see those bats being made at the Deep Ellum headquarters. You can see them being made right in front of you. You can, you can pick out those custom colors you want your style you get fitted by a professional who can help you with your swing and and right. get you into the bat that's perfect for you right there and then it's you can also have a bar you can also have a bar there where teams can oh, hang out so and cool. watch that's people the, you know the first basement yeah. bar in d bell i'm so excited nice. about that but yeah, yeah it does help bring a lot of personality to the game which i know is now something that mlb is really promoting yeah and i think that adding that small aspect of you know a bat is mm. definitely going to help bring out these personalities also people wear you know a lot of people on the street they're wearing uh, advertisements for humongous corporations that they don't really those corporations don't really stand for anything they're just a name and a logo right they don't really mean right. anything this uh, is and, a culture and, it feels like yeah you, see, you, you actually know who's involved and what we stand for and what we're interested in and it, it, it means more uh, to to be a part of it rather than you know if you're uh, whatever I don't want to say anyone's name or whatever but if some big corporate name on your shirt I mean, not, you don't really have anything to do with what... They don't stand for anything, right, which is exactly. fine. You know, they're they're yeah. there to make equipment and make money. I mean, That's it's, fine. It's a corporation. Yeah, it's exactly it's what yeah, it's supposed it's, to be. Yeah. Um, but it's um, 
different like than wearing a band t-shirt. You're like, I, I believe in this band. Right. And I, I, I know you what bring, they're about. All of you bring a certain passion to the company that shows through in your work. I and think I think so, that's yeah. really important. Yeah. Just a couple more questions. I know he said you're, sure, you're busy. Yeah. Um, what is your relationship like with Ian? He said that you met him first, I read, like in spring training. That's right, um, yeah, yeah. We went, I don't know um, when that was, a few years we ago? We were lucky or? to go down to Lakeland and, uh, with a, a group of like baseball lovers from Detroit, and we all we rented a house and we went to a bunch of uh, spring training games, I got to hang out with Ian a bit. I met him in the Detroit clubhouse. Um, yeah, he said you played for the team or, or something like that. I was reading earlier Yes, at Spring Drive. Me and my brother, Eddie, and Dominic, who plays bass with me here, yeah. we played, um, we used to have a band together when we were teenagers. We hadn't played together since the three of us together since I was a teenager. Wow, that's so awesome. that was funny, though. We, the three of us played, um, we played this song by Bob Dylan called Catfish, about Catfish Hunter. Yes, uh, and he said the, that you the... guys talked a lot about Bob Dylan. Yeah, it's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, how is Ian's uh, music taste? Is it? Uh, He's great. Yeah, really good. Is and, he and into ben, music? Yeah, and... he is. And Ben Jenkins is as well. Ben used to. Be in bands. Uh, when he's oh, younger. really? So he's really? A guitar I know he used to be yeah. in the Philly system. That's, that's right. That's yeah. pretty much all I know yeah, about. Yeah, like he was a minor league uh, in, in, infielder. In, yeah. Infielder, and um, and he's a great ball player too. Like it's it's great to uh, can't wait to play tomorrow. It's getting me excited. Oh my god! Now I wish I would have known about yeah, this. Yeah, is there a way you can get a flight in there? The game's not till two thirty, so oh, man. you can fly in. I will. I will. <laughs> Make some reckless decisions, maybe. I've also never been to Nashville, and I really want to go to the Third Man. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Um, I have a layover in Detroit, actually, in January, and I want to try and go to Third Man. Oh, please do, yeah. Yeah, Let me know, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hook you up to get them to meet you, give you the tour and everything. Awesome, that would be great. And then one last question might be a little more open-ended. Yeah. How did you get so involved in baseball? Was this something that mm. your family passed on to you? Was it the, at a young age? I was a late bloomer. I came in when I was about 15. Did you play when you were younger? I played when I was younger, but, and I, I really loved it, but it was just this local, scrappy, southwest Detroit uh, public field. And my brother-in-law coached the kids for free. Anyone who showed up got to play, mm-hmm. and I did that for years. And um, I loved that, but I didn't get to ever play on an organized team. And um, a few years back... I was just going through a really rough period, and I just, for the first time in my adult life, sat down and watched an entire baseball game. <laughs> I had never, because when I started going on tour uh, when I was 19. Yeah, yeah. And when you go on tour, you can't really keep There's track no of sports world. and stuff, really. Well, that's how I feel yeah. being involved in baseball is mm-hmm. in the summer, my entire oh, life yeah. is eat, sleep, breathe exactly. baseball. So yeah. it's kind of like the opposite for you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, and and it was also very, in the 90s, it was kind of considered uncool for musicians to like sports as well. So you, if you, people who yeah. did like sports kept it a secret, which yeah, was pretty fun. Definitely. Pretty funny, but uh, but uh, so anyways, I had I just had lost a complete touch with it, and it wasn't until a few years ago I, I was sitting and watching. I was just I thought it was so meditative to watch an entire game on, on you, television. And I started going to games. If you understand what you're watching, like a lot of people say, baseball is boring, but if you understand, mm. it's actually one of the most fascinating games. Yeah. That, but you have to understand you it at a deep it. level. And you see it in and England. Uh, there, you know, some cricket games in England go on for three days yeah i'm like three uh, so. hours don't even worry about it like you go exactly. watch some cricket exactly <laughs> bring a change of clothes like and so obviously you're a tigers fan from your detroit roots big time yeah is, is any of your family like into baseball were yeah, they like my mother and my brother al uh, yeah my whole family's tigers fans there's no doubt about that uh my mother and my brother al are probably uh they're they're, they're the biggest ones my mom would yeah. get tickets and we would go down and my brother Al 
worked at Tiger Stadium doing in concessions for years. Okay. So um, yeah, I worked in security at Wrigley. Did so, you? Oh, yeah. great, nice, excellent. Yeah. So well, that place just changes every time you go there now. Like it's oh, just, they're changing just the seating numbers now, which I'm so really? glad I don't work there anymore uh, for that. Yeah, yeah, be that would be complicated. Oh yeah. man, yeah, literally every time you go there, it's it's something new. So. Yeah. Well, I think he's ready for you to, yeah, to move on, but so I, will, I will be here later, so oh, that's going to be great. All Thank right. you so much for your time. Thank All you. My- Dope stuff from Kat and Jack White. Oh, and by the way, I did. I did go to Detroit. Man, I ain't see Jack at the game. I did see the White Sox lose a couple of games, but I will tell you, Comerica now is very high on my list of visiting ballparks the ballpark itself is i think is pretty great but what i really loved about it is i i've been telling people for years because i would travel to detroit to cover the bears and we're probably the last trip that i had covering the bears was 2012 or so and downtown detroit was i guess in a comeback mode then i'm not saying it's all the way back like big cities big urban cities everywhere have their problems but i gotta tell you i had a wonderful time in downtown detroit it looks amazing and what's cool about it from a baseball fan's perspective is that ballpark and four field and where the red wings play and i don't think the pistons are too far but I'll, but those the first three teams are all like right next together so if you're coming down it's super easy and got a hotel that was three blocks from the ballpark the Shinola, it was fantastic. They've done amazing things in downtown Detroit. Like, for real, for real. I went out after I rested. Cause, you know, I drove up, so I was a little tired when I made it to the ballpark. Left a little later than I wanted to leave. But after the game, I was a little wiped. So I went back to the hotel and then went looking for food afterwards and stumbled upon this incredible thing that they're doing where they've created this roller rink in the middle of downtown Detroit. I threw some of the stuff on Instagram. It's incredible. It's incredible. And I feel like Chicago should do something similar. I know that the silver room block party, which is one of my favorite events in Hyde park, the last couple of years before the pandemic, they, they turned Hyde park banks parking lot into a roller rink. But this was crazy. Like, this was this, that times 100. There were just happy people skating around, listening to a really wonderful DJ. They have these basketball courts. There are fitness classes. Whatever you want to do, like, they have it right there on their midway. And I thought it was dope. Like, I really had a wonderful time. And I would highly, the way that I feel about Pittsburgh, where I tell people all the time that they should go to Pittsburgh, you can now add downtown Detroit for that. And I would tell you that it used to be that you maybe had three or four blocks that you could be cool on. I feel like that whole area, it's, and here's the thing about it. A lot of people are frustrated with gentrification, and I get that. Like, you don't want, to lose the soul of your city. Like, it, it needs all of its characters. And I think that Detroit, at least right now, I mean, five years from now, it might look different. But at least for right now, I feel like they didn't lose anything. 
that what they have right now is the perfect blend of new construction and new restaurants and safety, but they didn't lose their identity as a city. Now, granted, this is just me over a 48-hour period in the city. But I will tell you that there wasn't a place that I walked where I felt uncomfortable. There wasn't a place where I walked where I felt like I was outnumbered. <laughs> there, and, and stumbling upon this roller rink in the middle of the city, like you see all the people that are trying desperately to make Detroit and downtown D- Detroit specifically and maybe it works its way out in concentric circles, but they are trying to make it a destination for people. And honestly, once once Canada opens back up, I could see myself spending some time in Detroit and in, and in Windsor. It's not that far. It took four hours for me. I'm on the south side, so getting on the Skyway is easy. But it took four hours to get up there, and I enjoyed every bit of it. So I imagine Jack White probably happy about the whole thing. But I really love that Kat was able to reach out to one of her heroes and, and do some work. And, and it was great. And I'm glad that House of L got an opportunity to broadcast or podcast this interview. That's what the whole thing is about. Like it's She's got this great interview. Where is she going to put it? You know what I mean? Where is she going to put it? I was glad that she was okay with House of L being the place where her podcast could live, her interview with Jack White could live, and that's what I love about it. Like This episode marks a million downloads for House of L, and we are really, really happy that that is the case. And we are thankful to the sponsors of House of L throughout these first three years. Shout out to my man, David Hochberg, 56david.com, if you want to check it out. Homeside Financial. Thanks to Zenny. I'm looking forward to broadening the relationship between myself and Zenny. Thanks to everyone who was involved. I appreciate them. Um, I really appreciate you rolling with this project. Like I can't believe it. Like I'm struggling to to believe that from the moment that the first episode came out through that first year, it was 150,000 you know, downloads, and I was satisfied with that. Then we took a leap. The next year, we doubled up, and it was 450,000 total downloads. And then year three, we get to a million, and we've added a lot of things to the podcast that have made it, made it I think, even more fun. The, the stuff with sports adjacent crew and Roki and Ranji and Tony and, and what Maddie Lee is doing. But I really thank you for listening to this podcast, sharing this podcast, giving this podcast five stars, writing reviews for this podcast. Those of you who have donated to the podcast, uh, which is crazy to me, I appreciate that. It's been a really, really wonderful ride. And I can tell you, I'm working on some stuff. I don't know if it's going to end up materializing, but there was some stuff from this podcast that sparked something else. And so I'm working on some things. That's as far as I'm willing to go on it. But 
I want to thank everyone who stuck with us. Thank all the people that said nice things about the podcast and what we are trying to accomplish. You know, Jeff Agress over at the Sun-Times, folks over at The Athletic that have promoted my, my boss at the score, Mitch Rosen. I appreciate him for letting this happen. Like, they didn't have to let this happen. I don't know what would have happened if they would have shut the door on it, but they didn't have to let it happen. So I appreciate all of the support that we've gotten, but most importantly, from people who listen to the podcast and share it and sing its praises. Thank you for what we're doing, and we're not done yet. There was a part of me that was like, get to a million and stop. But I think we're going to keep going. And I'm excited about the directions that we are going to go in. And I'm appreciative that I have friends like Kat Garcia that give me really good ideas and spark stuff in my brain. And I'm glad that we can pay people for their time and their content. It's key. It's what House of L is built on. I'm looking forward to what happens next. I can tell you that the next episode of House of L Actual, yo. Uh, <laughs> I finished the interview a couple days ago. If you're a comic book fan, it's going to blow your mind. Real talk. I'll talk to you next time. On to the next million. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.